In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Jesus, we consecrate this talk. Jesus' wounds radiate his mercy and suffering with you. To your most sacred heart, through the immaculate heart of our most holy mother in union with Saint Joseph. And we ask you, Jesus, to we ask you, Jesus, to send us your spirit that we here speak your words and that all hearts be open to receive what you want to place in each of our hearts. Our Blessed Mother, we thank you and we count on your intercession with the angels and saints, especially Saint Faustina, who's present through this retreat in such a powerful way. Amen. Amen. Okay, for the English speaking only, the song that I'm going to sing now is Your Passion of Love. So you know what it means. <clears throat> yeah, they have copies. Esperado como eterno 
lo he enamorado y tu beso apasionado es más dulce que la miel en el madero de tu lecho es donde hoy quiero amar sin miedo abrazada a ti en la cruz has consumado en mí tu amor y me has salvado has borrado mi pecado ha triunfado en mí to know the mercy of God in his wounds, so much part of our spirituality. The Lord says, My mother carried my crucified body in her arms, and then she placed me in the tomb. But she continued to carry my crucified body in her heart. She continued to live in love, in my crucified love. <clears throat> she is the first that continued to suffer with me. I continued my love and suffering on earth through my mother. She bore mystically all my wounds and radiated my light in the darkness of the world. My daughter, since my mother lives in love, she radiates my light and possesses the power of God. Each of my wounds radiate healing, light, and mercy. She was the first to live on earth as my living, pure, holy chalice of my precious blood. Her hidden life on earth after my death God used as a watering can, pouring my graces upon the early church and world, and continues through the ages till today. She is gathering her maidens as she is always perfectly obedient to the will of the Father, to live in the hidden force of my crucified love. This hidden force of pure victims of love will set the earth on fire. You have been chosen to cooperate in this plan of salvation. Bring me victim souls. 
I, I think the Lord is answering an important question here of Bernadette that she asked yesterday. And we were speaking about this last night, and um, Daniel was making a note of this, that the hidden force of God's victims of love is... God's plan of salvation history and part of his infinite mercy. And the Lord is showing us how his mercy and love radiates from his wounds. And his wounds are each and every one of our wounds and sins. They're in him, on him. So when the Lord allows us to see, to know, to receive a sin, a disorder, an oppression in anyone, including priests, the greatest work that we have, the greatest work of love, isn't all necessarily to go and tell them because many times they might not be ready to receive those words because they're in their own woundedness. So the Lord is, keeps telling this community, have you come to believe in the power, our power is the power of the hidden force. A, a power that nobody in the world sees, but God sees. So we're called to receive what the Lord reveals to us in another soul, including priests and suffer with him in the silence of our hearts like Mary, their brokenness. And believe that in that silence, in that hidden force, the power of love, the power of God is working, and they're receiving graces. And I think Father Ron's testimony yesterday was such a confirmation that Father Ron received an incredible grace of the Holy Spirit at a certain point in his priesthood. But the Lord gives Father Ron a great gift of knowing that there was a young couple in his parish that never said a word. But that young couple was chosen by the Lord as a hidden force. And they prepared the heart as the hidden force. They were the greatest work of God, the greatest work of mercy for Father Ron to receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit in his priesthood. We are that hidden force. That is the greatest work of the mothers and missionaries of the cross. And it is a work of mercy. And you know, in God's world, <clears throat> there's no time. I would say that that occurred in the 70s. So we're talking maybe 72, 75, we're talking 25 and 50, 40 years ago that occurred, that that couple came. And that couple wasn't from the parish. They were just coming to that evening mass occasionally. 
Now, the fact that I remember them and that all happened was like, and as I see it now, was like a preparation. The Lord was saying, you are going to experience and you are going to meet a couple who were the hidden force in your conversion. And how many, you know, people go through your life as a priest telling you things and I'm praying for you, Father, and you never, never really remember. But how significantly I can see this couple coming into that sacristy with, with, a, air, with, a, a, with a spirit of rejoicing and I'm coming and saying, we have been praying for this. We've been fasting and praying for this. And did I know anything then, you know, what kind of power this couple had? No. No. Did I have this knowledge that I have now of what the hidden force could do? Absolutely not. I just thanked them. That was it. But the remembrance of it stayed because it's for this moment that it stayed, not for the moment that it happened. And that's the way God works in our lives. 20, 30 years from now, we'll say, wow, that's why that happened. And another thing about the hidden force, when I'm in Rome working with the legionnaires, it happened two years ago, that I was exhausted, I wasn't well, and they were coming to me for spiritual direction or confession. And I was already in bed one night, and they knocked on the door. And I remember getting up from the door and saying, by the power of the hidden force, I will get up and I will hear their confession, and I will take care of it. By the power of the hidden force, and once I said that, once, who was I calling upon? I was calling upon everybody that belonged to Love Crucified at that time. And once I said that, and I opened that door, physically I changed. Mentally, physically, there was a total change in me. And I recognized that as a priest belonging to this community, what a gift I received by the power mm. that each one of you generate through my priesthood. It, it, and it's, I've done it many, many times, and I've talked about it many times, <coughs> but maybe you can never hear it enough because you are the ones who don't experience the joy of my hearing a confession or of saving a seminarian from leaving the seminary. You are not the ones there who see the deliverance and who experience the joy of what I experience. Father Jason shared with you that he thanks me for being in love crucified. But I thank the power of the hidden force that I have this knowledge and this gift 
of reaching him. So you see, everything she's saying is a reality and not in the air. You know where this is in the creed? It's in the creed, right? Exactly. I believe in the communion of saints. That's what it means. That the saints that make up the body of Christ are called to build up and give power to one another in virtue of their participation with the head, Jesus Christ. Just like the members of a body are necessary to build the, the other parts of the body. So we believe in the communion of saints. That, that's a hidden force. It's the one number of saints helping the others. The priests need you and you need the priests and we're all one. <laughs> The, the next word the Lord taught us only love radiates the light of God for the light is love the light of Jesus Christ is love that suffers for all and with all love in pain and sorrow love that enters into the brokenness of humanity and receives her brokenness into himself to heal and restore her in God. Love receives her wounds and bears them upon his body to heal her with the balm of his tenderness in mercy. I want to stop here a second. I've been speaking to a lot of you in the community and I still hear the question, Lourdes, I'm not sure what to do with this wound. I've entered the wound. I've entered my mother wound, my father wound, and I'm kind of stuck. What do I do with this? It's right here. Jesus is telling us, each and every one of your wounds I receive, they're on my body, in my heart, on my body. Therefore, when each of us enter our father wound, our mother wound, and other wounds we have, the first thing is, I'm going to review this again, we must, each and every one of us, enter again the pain of that wound, the pain of not being appreciated, the pain of having a mother that never was able to love us, that was never able to tell us, you're beautiful, was never able to see the beauty of who we are. What a sorrow. That is a profound pain. We buried that pain because it's so painful. 
And therefore, an essential part to be able to become a victim of love is to feel the pain because we buried the pain. The pain is what brings us into the wound of Jesus. Once we live again the pain, that sorrow, you first might have to go through the fury, the anger, the resentment, the hatred. That's at the top. It's okay. It's okay. Bring the anger, the hatred, the fury to the cross. Jesus, I can't stand my father. I can't stand my mother. I bring this to you. I bring this sorrow, this, this pain, this anger to you. Allow me to get to the core wound. Because that's not the core wound. That's at the top of the volcano. Let it come out to the Lord. Give it to Him. And then go deep into the pit of the volcano. The heart. And then feel the sorrow of not ever having a father that embraced you. That embraced me. All those pains. Go there. And when you're in that pain, then what do you do? This. You look at Jesus. Now you're not seeing the face of your mother, your father, your grandfather, your spouse, whoever. You look at Jesus. And what do you see? How's he looking at you? Because his wound and of your, that you're suffering is in him. It's in him. It's pierced in his heart. He's suffering that pain. And you look at him and you find your wound in him. And when you look at him crying your same pain, what do you see? What do you see in Jesus? Every single person, each one of you that I ask this question, all tell me the same thing. All of you tell me the same thing when I ask you this question and I ask everybody this question in accompaniment. Everyone tells me, I see mercy. I see love. Everybody. You enter that mercy and love. And you suffer that with the Lord. And you go, my Lord and my God, I give you this pain. I suffer this pain that's in you, my wound in you. Heal this wound. What the Lord, why is this so essential to the walking of the path in this community? Because in this community, the Lord has been forming us not only to receive his mercy. When you look at the Lord there and you've opened your heart and you've allowed that pain to be exposed, when you tell me I see mercy, what you're receiving from the Lord is his mercy. It's entering you. It's healing us. But it, this isn't enough for our formation in this community. The Lord wants us to become participants of His mercy. 
Therefore, we are called to be healed by his mercy, but then through our wounds, that's why our wounds in this community is so important, united in the wounds of Jesus, we are called then to become his. That's what a living chalice is, our cross. That the mercy of Jesus Christ flows from us to others. We become participants of his mercy on earth. That is the vocation of a mother and missionary of the cross. That is a victim of love. Look at how St. Faustina lives it. She is a victim soul. She is a victim of love. She is an ambassador of mercy. She says, referring here, she's referring to victim souls. They not only carry their own burden, but also know how to take on and are capable of taking on the burdens of others. Isn't that exactly what we've been speaking of? She goes on to say, they are pillars of light along God's ways. They live in light themselves and shed light upon others. They themselves live on the heights and know how to show the way to lesser ones and help them attain those heights. That's why the Lord said, the path is a treasure from heaven given to us. It's, then the Lord says, teach it, give it to many. They don't have to be in love crucified. They can be your friends, your co-workers, family members, who's ever willing to receive it. How do we live this? This is in our path in section 4E. Whenever something's in the path, you'll see it. It says path and the... If it doesn't say path, it's because that particular message is not in the path. This is extremely important, and I've said it so many times, and I'll keep saying it because I'm the first one that needs to hear it. The Lord says, Be attentive to each person you encounter in your life. How can we receive the brokenness of other people if we're not attentive to them? We'll become oblivious. And many people live kind of oblivious in their lives. Everybody is so consumed in their own thing, doing and working, and we're not attentive. Attentive is a beautiful quality of love. Is the Lord attentive? Absolutely. Mercy is attentive. He is so attentive to the cry of our heart. It's in the Psalms. Have we learned to be attentive to each other? 
to all the people that the Lord has given us. Because the Lord goes on to say, I suffer for them and with them. This is my body. My little one, have the docility of heart to receive, like St. Faustina, the brokenness of all people into your heart as one with me. This is the work of a victim of love. This is participation. Look at the word participation, another key word for love crucified. Start to listen to the key words of this community. You know, like in an English class, you have the vocabulary words you have to study. <laughs> love crucified. I'm a teacher. <laughs> you can tell. Love. One day I'm going to give you a test, okay? I'm going to surprise you. And I'm going to give you a vocabulary test. And I'm going to put all the vocabulary words of love crucified. Attentive, a vocabulary word of love crucified. Participation, vocabulary word of love crucified. Ponder. Ponder, vocabulary. Believe. Believe. <laughs> Dig deep. <laughs> so the Lord says, this is participation in the love of the Trinity. This is mercy. What is mercy? We talk about mercy, we don't even understand what mercy is. That's why Father Jordy's first reflection was so important. The Lord is telling us what mercy is. To receive the wounds of your brothers and sisters and to give, your, and to give the sacrifice of your life, not just to pray for them, to give the sacrifice of your life as one with me for their salvation and sanctification, this is love. That is a victim of love. That is what we're called to be. That is mercy. To be a living chalice of the precious blood of Jesus is to be mercy, the mercy of Jesus Christ. In one of the testimonies in our path in section 4G, I just took two sentences or one sentence from that testimony. It says this. She says, you, speaking to God, Jesus Christ, she says, you have used my wounds and experiences to give me a heart to suffer with you in deep intercession for the wounds of my family and the priesthood. To suffer through your rejection and the isolation you feel daily as you sit enslaved in the monstrance, forgotten and neglected. I'll give her the honor. This is um, Jack's wife. So she's here in a special way with us, participating. This is one sentence of Amy's testimony. It's so powerful. Ponder what she's saying. This is a woman whose wounds have touched the wounds of Jesus and has 
it has healed. You have used my wounds and experiences to give my to give me a heart to suffer with you in deep intercession. Just ponder today that, that those words of Amy. That's why I keep telling everyone in accompaniment, thank God, each of us, for our wounds. This, without our wounds, we can't enter the heart of Jesus to suffer with Him and participate in mercy, in the redemption of souls. What greater? We think like, you know, what a calling to be a victim soul. Are you kidding me? We are the, the, the ones receiving the greatest gift here. Who are we trying to fool? We are receiving the greatest gift from God. We're receiving much more than we could ever give. This is such a gift. And we always think, oh, victim soul, like if I'm doing, like I'm making such a great fiat, give me a break. The ones that are receiving the greatest are we, is us. Our life takes on the fullness of our of meaning through this. What greater purpose can anyone of us have in life than to participate in the mercy of Jesus Christ redeeming souls? What possible career? a uh, job, uh, whatever you want to have in life can be greater than this. I don't know. But to me it's become, you know, nothing. This is a gift. We have to live our days thanking God for this gift. Amen. <clears throat> it's coming to my heart notice when you're talking that our wounds is the awakening of our heart into the love for the Lord. It's like um, we will be content with life without those wounds. We have probably come to enjoy, you know, just imagine uh, any of us without our wounds, what our life would have been. It's the call of our Lord, of the Beloved, to His Beloved. It is what pulls us out. It's... It's only through that pain that we awake and we get out of our stupor and our sleep and, and answer and hear the call of the beloved longing for, for our love. And something that my, my mind was consumed during the rosary, thinking it's not just our wounds, but also the, the, all the little monotonous details of our ordinary life. I was thinking during the rosary, how many of you have made great sacrifices of time or treasure to come just to be here on, the, on the, this weekend. Thank you. Or simple, you know, those are some of the bigger ones, but even maybe the smaller ones, like the change in bed or the change in food. But do we live our ordinary lives conscientious of offering up those little things? You know, my mind was thinking... Lord, I thank God for all those little sacrifices that everybody in the room has made this weekend, and I offer that to you. And that's what we have to 
create that daily habit of being conscientious of even the, the smallest and significant discomfort and offering that conscientiously. <coughs> In our vocation, the path brings us to spousal union. Look how beautiful Jesus' words to St. Faustina. This is 252. After a moment, I saw the Lord, all covered with wounds. And he said to me, Look at whom you have espoused. I understood the meaning of these words and answered the Lord, Jesus, I love you more when I see you wounded and crushed with suffering like this than if I saw you in majesty. Jesus asked, Why? I replied, Great majesty terrifies me. Little nothing that I am, and your wounds draw me to your heart and tell me of your great love for me. After this conversation, there was silence. I fixed my gaze upon his sacred wounds and felt happy to suffer with him. We're living the same path of St. Faustina. That is why in Love Crucified and you have to help other people in your lives heal. It is not enough to come to know your wounds. We must see our wounds like St. Faustina in Jesus. We must see his tears suffering our same wounds. And we must help others heal that way. Jesus, again with St. Faustina, Jesus was suddenly standing before me, stripped of his clothes, his body completely covered with wounds, his eyes flooded with tears and blood, his face disfigured and covered with spittle. The Lord then said to me, The bride must resemble her betrothed. I understood these words to their very depth. There is no room for doubt here. My likeness to Jesus must be through suffering and humility. See what love of human souls has done to me. That is why in our path there's a beautiful words from the Lord where he says to us, when I look down from the cross, I want to see my bride, each of us, covered in his blood, his wounds. We are called to become 
our spouse. And when God the Father looks down upon us, he doesn't just, he sees Jesus Christ. He sees his beloved son. That's why another reason we wear this cross. The Lord said to us, do not put my body on the love crucified cross. Because when my father looks down from heaven and sees any soul wearing this cross around their neck, what my father is seeing is my body crucified, my love crucified. We are the crucified body, one with Jesus Christ on the cross. We have to remember that every day we put this cross around our neck in the morning and kiss it. That's why for me to have made this covenant and had received this cross to then take it off is to me such a pain. Because in my heart, I have what the Lord has said. What this covenant means. What, what Father Ron said in his testimony last night. So, all of you that are aspirants, this is serious to make this covenant and receive this cross. Don't ever do it unless you're really, really serious about the covenant. And what this means. There's a lot more. I didn't even get to the next section, which is called Divine Mercy Flows from Jesus' Love and Suffering. But you know what? It speaks the same. Um, if there's one thing I would... I have a lot from St. Faustina because it completely confirms our vocation, our mission, our identity, our spirituality. So you must read through this and ponder it in prayer carefully. Um, there is... Um, and this is in the path. There's one that talks of silence. For In English, it's page 9. I don't know in the Spanish if it's different. No, it's the same. Oh, the okay. The page same. 9 at the bottom. That the Lord specifically toils us. Again, He defines mercy for us. And I'm only going to read the beginning. You can read the rest by yourself. But again, the Lord tells us, Silence allows you to embrace fully the sorrow of your heart. Silence allows you to enter fully the sorrow I am permitting in your heart. As you embrace this pain and suffering, you are embracing me. You are embracing my pain and suffering and thus entering my heart, for my heart is all pain and love. This is my mercy. And then he goes on to explain more of mercy. 
To come to know the love of your beloved is to come to experience my sorrow. So I feel like in this retreat, the Lord is taking us deeper in this year of mercy to really go to the depth of what the mercy of Jesus Christ is. And to come to know, each of us, our vocation as mothers and missionaries of the cross, that it is a vocation to be the mercy of Jesus Christ in the world. So... Mm. The other thing I want to just point out some key things to you in page 10. The message of 6913, it's, it's highlighted. Everything where the Lord speaks of mercy, I bolded it for you. The Lord says, God in his infinite mercy will bless the multitudes through his holy remnant of victim souls. We have to understand this. The mercy of Jesus Christ being poured upon the world, especially at this last stage of divine mercy that he told St. Faustina, that's why the Lord, the call to raise up his victim souls is a, is a call of mercy. And God's mercy is so great, so great, that he will use the few, the, the few, the little remnant of victim souls, us, to bless the multitudes. Enter the depth of this mercy of Jesus Christ and that we are His mercy. Blessing, participating the multitudes. So, the reflection questions are at the end on page 11. And I'll let you read them and reflect. Can we take a few minutes time now? We're yeah, going to take um, 10 minutes to enter these questions with the Lord. Okay. You know, uh, it should not be difficult for anyone to understand... The, the power of the remnant in the history of salvation. It was one Moses who led all the people out of Israel. It was one St. Francis who changed the world. One Mother Teresa. Twelve apostles. Today we number two billion or more Catholics in the world. So it's, it's just the way God likes to do things. It's his way. And he's not going to change his way. He's always going to use a small remnant or one person to make a great, profound change in the world of his salvation, his work. And the evil one does the same. In other words, the evil one always mimics God in what he does. So it took one Hitler, it took one Stalin, one 
dictator in Venezuela. It, it's constant. It's repeating. One Castro. It's over and over. One person on the evil side and that's the good side. So the power of evil also relies on a remnant. But the power of our remnant is so far superior. It's like comparing uh, a fireworks to an atom bomb. We are the atom bomb. <laughs> okay, so the reflection questions. When I hear the messages in our community, how do I receive them? Do I seek understanding? Do I take them to heart and respond? The messages that I read to you, do they become your messages? Do they become one, not, is the Lord speaking personally to you? Are my wounds becoming more and more the vehicle through which God ushers salvation to many souls? Or have they become a nest of resentment and confusion due to my lack of trust in letting the Lord heal them so that others can be healed? In the last one, how attentive am I to the people around me in their sorrows and pain? So let's take some time to reflect. 